Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Today is December 10th, 2021, and our first story. Inflation has hit a near 40-year high. And voters blame Democrats and Joe Biden, suggesting it's not just a red wave coming, it's a red tsunami. In our next story, Black Lives Matter issues a statement of support for Jussie Smollett even after he has been found guilty. And in our last story, leaked texts from Lori Lightfoot of Chicago shows just how bad the George Floyd riots were, with one message saying, the city is up for grabs. Now, if you like this show, leave a good comment. Give us five stars, but share the show with your friends. Tell them about it. It really helps. Now, let's get into that first story. Reports have been emerging about a retirement problem among Democrats, notably CNN, saying quite literally that Democrats have a retirement problem. 19 Democrats so far have retired. And truth be told, 11 Republicans have uh, have as well. So maybe it's not indicative of anything. It could just be there are more Democrats in Congress than Republicans. Or maybe it's, well, Democrats know there is going to be a major catastrophe coming in the next year. If they remain, they will be relegated to the backbench as Republicans take over in a red tsunami. And Americans say enough with the failed economic policy. Right now, New numbers have come in on inflation, and it's bad. It's worse than it's been in nearly four decades. And you think it's bad now. Wait until next year, and everyone feels this way. I say everybody, but I mean, for the most part, everybody. For some reason, Democrats still, to a certain degree, believe the economy is good. And it's because they're only choosing to, re- to read the fake news. If I were to, what if I were to tell you? That there's tons of articles coming out right now in the past few days saying the economy is better than ever. At the same time, there are several articles coming out, like even the New York Times, saying the economy is really bad. Now, if you watch a show like this, I will show you both articles. I'll show you what the Democrats are saying. I'll show you both competing articles from the same outlets. And then you figure it out. I think it's fair to say the economy is bad. Independent voters and Republicans agree. Democrats, for some reason, don't. And I think it's because they're getting selective news. It's because they're watching the likes of CNN or MSNBC, and they're being led astray by grifters, as it were, who just want to tell them what they want to hear. I'll put it this way. If you watch this show or other shows like it, I will show you all the articles. When you watch them, they only show you the ones that make you feel good. 
Here we go from the Wall Street Journal. Voters pessimistic about economy. Biden's leadership. Wall Street Journal poll finds. That's how voters feel. And here's the big story. Inflation soars nearly to a to a, to nearly 40 year high. Consumer prices exploded. But what do we get from the Hill? Biden is delivering the fastest economic recovery in history. Why hasn't anyone noticed? Because the economy is getting worse. Inflation is getting worse. We have more job openings now than we did last month or the month before. Or how about we counter it with this from the Democrats? Welcome to the Biden boom, showing Joe Biden bringing in 5.8 million new jobs. You see how the game is played? They destroy the economy with COVID lockdowns. People know this. They know their business has been destroyed. And then they come out and say, everything we're doing is working and jobs are coming back. You don't get to steal 20 bucks from me. Then come back and give me 10 bucks and say, I just made you 10 bucks. I'm like, dude, you stole the 20 bucks from me in the first place. This spells disaster for the Democrats in 2022. But far be it from me to make a prediction about what might happen. I honestly don't know. I think there's actually good reason the Democrats could still win in 2022. We look back at 2020 and we saw how well Republicans did in the House elections, but they still ended up losing control. Or I should say they ended up not maintaining control for a lot of reasons. Ultimately, the Senate splits 50-50. Tiebreaker goes to the Democrats. They did make gains in the House, but not nearly enough. There were surprising things like down in southern Texas, Latino voters flipped Republican in Miami, an urban Democrat stronghold that no one thought would turn Republican actually turned Republican. And just recently in Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, we saw Democrats get crushed. They know what's coming because we know what's happening. You cannot lie when people are faced with the prices at the grocery store. You can tell everyone in the world, in the country, Vote for us because the economy is better than ever. And then they go to the grocery store and they're like, why is a box of cereal $7? I got to pay for my kids food and I can't. And they start to wonder about what happened. Now, truth be told, COVID plays a role in this. Of course, Donald Trump is not a saint. He did a good job, though. And Joe Biden is not doing a good job. And most people seem to think that Biden's approval on economic issues is in the gutter in the in the mid to high 30 percent. Because most people are like, dude, you're screwing this up. Even voters who supported Joe Biden now regret it. Well, let's read what's going on and get a good preview of what's to come in 2022. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member, help support our journalism. We got this story on inflation from Michael uh, Robison. And as a member, you'll get access to exclusive segments from the TimCast IRL podcast, as well as many other shows. And your membership supports all of the journalism we're doing. We're not driven by ad clicks. We have ads, but we're not driven by that. We're not driven by trying to chase a narrative or grift. We're driven by doing good reporting on fundamental issues that are important for your life. That's why we do the membership model, because whether someone likes a story or not, we write what we think is important. Maybe someone doesn't read it. Either way, a membership helps everything function. If you like my work, go to TimCast.com and support us. But don't forget to like this video right now. Subscribe to this channel. Take the URL from up top. Share it wherever you can. That is the most powerful thing you can do better than any membership or anything. Allowing us to compete with the likes of CNN and MSNBC, ABC, Fox News, etc. So we can challenge the establishment narratives. Here's the story from TimCast. 
Timcast reports consumer prices exploded to levels that have not been seen in nearly four decades in November, when Americans paid more for groceries, cars, and gasoline, among many other products. The consumer price index rose 6.8% in November compared to a year ago, according to a new Labor Department report released Friday. The report marked the fastest increase since June 1982, when inflation hit 7.1%. The consumer price index, which measures a bevy of goods ranging from gas to groceries and rent, jumped 0.8% in the one-month period from October. Let me simplify this for everybody. This basically means if you want to buy bacon, more expensive. You want to get gas for your car, more expensive. You want to buy bread, milk, eggs, more expensive. Let me break it down even further and give you the nitty gritty. If you have been saving money, you know, if you're somebody who's been somewhat responsible and tried to put away, they are stripping away your savings. You know, we often hear about regular Americans are fighting every day, living paycheck to paycheck. I get my paycheck. I spend it all. I'm out of money. Now, if you're doing that, Life's rough. I've been there. But what if you say, I'm going to save a little bit of this so I can put a down payment on a house, get out of this rental situation, and finally build equity and escape the lower class? They pump out money. They print it like crazy. They are extracting your savings. And now you've been saving. But all of a sudden, the down payment is now five grand more. Let's say you've been saving up to buy a tablet because you need it for school or something. 500 bucks. That's the cost. So you finally saved up $400, but then, oops, in, in, in only a few months' time, that tablet's now 650 And you finally reach that 500 and you're like, I saved up all this money, but now I still can't afford it. This is what they're doing. Regular Americans can see it. Take a look at uh, from CNBC, December 8th. There are 11 million open jobs as the quitting spree continues. It's still a very tight labor market. We're watching for a variety of reasons. Everything kind of fall apart around us. Now, I think it's fair to say Americans are a bit gluttonous for a lot of reasons. And I can criticize Americans for eating too much. I think we all can. We have an obesity problem. But I can also say this is not about people who are irresponsible and have the disposable income or are just buying too much of the wrong thing. It's about you trying to raise a family. It's about you trying to put food on the table for your kids, because that's what everyone said to me. They said, Tim, I'm worried about speaking up about these political issues because I don't want to lose my job and risk my children eating food. And my response has always been, look around. Look at what has become of our country under Joe Biden and the last year under Trump with a lot of Democrat influence, namely in the uh, governorships in these blue cities. The economy is being gutted and bashed. Now, I think to be fair, in 2019, Donald Trump was doing very well in terms of the economy. People were doing better than ever. It wasn't just that people were getting more money. It's that they were able to buy more things. Buying power is a better metric than anything, really. Wages, inflation, buying power. How much can you buy for one hour of your labor means more to me than wages or inflation. But when you combine these factors, what do you get? Wages aren't going up but inflation has. Here's an easy way to put it. If over the past year, you have not gotten a 7% raise from your job, you have lost money. Your wages have decreased. And part of this is because of Biden's policies, a variety of reasons. The Washington Post reports 4.2 million Americans quit their jobs in October as workers continue to search for better opportunities. So there's 11 million openings, 4.2 million people quit. What's happening is that 
Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds, and stores for 15 years. You'll also also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. People aren't making enough money in many areas. Some people are taking an opportunity to try and find better work, but you have 4.2 million people, 11 million open jobs. That doesn't mean a person can just take a job. There's, there's a shortage of certain specialties. And all of this spells very serious problems. The Wall Street Journal comes out and says it. Voters pessimistic about economy, Biden's leadership, Wall Street Journal poll finds. Voters are heading into the midterm election year in a sour mood, pessimistic about the economy and short on confidence in in the leadership of President Biden and his party on the issues that concern them the most. A new Wall Street Journal poll finds the survey reveals a set of danger signs for the Democratic Party as it prepares to defend narrow majorities in the House and Senate. Voters by a large margin see economic and fiscal issues, including inflation, as the top priorities for Washington, and they view the GOP as better able to handle them. That is the mic drop moment. Democrats know what's coming. And maybe this is why almost twice as many Democrats have retired, you know, in the past few months or are planning to. It's because they know regular people are finally saying, dude, just let the Republicans in. I don't think the Republicans are going to solve your problems, my friends. I think Mitch McConnell is just going to waste your time. And it's sad, really, that you get people who finally say, I have had it with the Democratic failed policy. I'm going to vote Republican this time. A Republican, Mitch McConnell, is sitting there right like (laughs) he's sitting right there going, we're not going to do anything. We're going to obstruct and we have no agenda. And that's what you're voting for. Yeah, the Republican Party is trash. There's a handful of people who are good. But Matt Gates assures us, he says, we are not going to sit back and just hold hands. When the Republicans win, they're going to start making moves. I'm sorry. I think Matt Gates might try. But I think Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and the Republican establishment are going to laugh all the way to the obstructing, not of Democrats, but of the populist Republicans. Wall Street Journal says, The silver lining for Democrats is that the party's initiatives in Congress, the recently enacted bipartisan infrastructure bill and a proposed set of climate and social spending programs, have the potential to draw additional support from voters who are undecided on their 2022 choice, the poll found. Democrats are also viewed as best able to control the COVID-19 pandemic, cut health care prices and improve education. Truth be told, people don't like Republicans. Republican support is way down. But the interesting thing is, over the past couple of months, support for Democrats has been going down. Let me rephrase. Support for Republicans is low, but in the past few months, support for Democrats has been declining. And I should say approval and approval of Republicans has actually been going up. That will be interesting. We'll see how that plays out. The Hill reports almost half in new poll expect economy to get worse in next year. That right there says to me, it is going to be a red tsunami. 
Look, culture war issues, I think, matter to me. And I think that's what I got wrong to a great degree in the past uh, last year and in 2018. Now, I wasn't entirely, uh, entirely wrong about 2020. The Republicans did tremendously well across the board in the House, but not enough to win. In 2018, I was really wrong because I believed cultural issues would play a bigger role. It's the economy, stupid. And maybe that's the lesson I should learn. Now, I'm not going to be stupid enough to make a prediction on what I think is going to happen. I certainly think indicators as of right now predict Republicans could potentially do well. I say could potentially. And I say that because the left likes to take statements that are out of context and then use that as a way to try and stop people from actually getting the truth or getting a breakdown of what's really going on. Notably, they'll take me saying something like, these indicators suggest we're going to see a red wave in 20. You get where I'm going. And the reason I stop there is I'm not saying it's a guarantee we're going to see a red wave. Some people think so. I'm saying current indicators suggest one. But we'll see. A year is an eternity in politics. From CNBC, public view on Biden's handling of COVID and the economy takes another hit, CNBC survey shows. So now we have the Wall Street Journal and CNBC basically saying, yo, people are souring on Joe Biden. They do not believe he is doing the job right. And this will reflect poorly on Democrats. Dude, get with the program. From the Washington Post. Biden approval hits new low as economic discontent rises post ABC poll finds. It's from November. We didn't even have the latest numbers in job, uh, job creation, uh, jobs filled with like 200,000 sluggish abysmal inflation hitting a nearly four decade high. And even last month, we were hearing the same thing. So what do we get? You saw me cover this story the past two days, and I'm going to bring it up again because it's how the dirty game is played. White House working behind the scenes with media to get positive coverage. That's right. For three days in a row, I will bring this up because you need to understand what this means. The Biden administration knows things are bad. They know they're doing a bad job. So they're just trying to game the system with their allies in the media. They're lying to you. Let me show you the proof. Take a look at this tweet. Showed it earlier. Welcome to the Biden boom, saith the Democrats. Jobs created in the first 10 months of presidency. Under Biden, the economy has outperformed the past four Republican presidents' job growth numbers. What they're not pointing out is that Democratic governors last year destroyed the economy with hard lockdowns. I think 100,000 businesses shuttered. And then when they started releasing the lockdowns, people came back to work and Biden took credit for it. It's amazing, isn't it? Now, we can criticize George W. Bush, George H.W., whatever, but I love this. Where, where's Bill Clinton? They just skipped Bill Clinton. This is the amazing thing. Uh, where's Obama? Really? It shows Biden. It shows Trump. It skips Obama. It skips Bill Clinton and just shows George W. Bush, George H.W. Bush, and then Ronald Reagan. Really amazing how they lie like that. I love it. Where's Obama? Where's Bill Clinton? Bill Clinton, I, I believe he, he presided over the largest economic expansion of the time. Oh, can't include that, can you? Because it would make this chart look different, look very different. Probably would make Trump look really good, actually, especially with Obama. But you ready for this? You ready for the, 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 the play by Democrats and the results? You got it, baby. The Hill, Biden is delivering the fastest economic recovery in history. Why hasn't anyone noticed? You see, this is why when you go to Christmas or you're at Thanksgiving, people say it is not true. The economy is doing great. Republicans are just lying because they read this stuff because they don't read all of it. Now, I'll tell you this. You decide 
How's the economy been for you? Yeah, you probably realize not doing too great. Here's Newsweek. Joe Biden has turned the economy around, but Americans remain skeptical. No, he didn't turn the economy around. It's worse than ever. That's why Americans remain skeptical. Fox News, CNBC's Jim Cramer gushes over economy as, quote, strongest I have ever seen a marvel to behold. This guy is out of his mind. But to be fair, I agreed with him when in 2019 he said, like or hate Trump, these are the best numbers of our lives. You mean to tell me that you're saying when we were having a roaring economy in 2019 and people were making more money than they'd ever seen, many people, and that businesses were starting to implement four-day work weeks and parental leave and benefits, that Joe Biden, with a nearly 7% inflation rate, is doing better? No, it's because Jim Cramer is an insane crackpot. He's lost his mind. Here's an example. Cramer, U.S. government should make COVID vaccine mandatory. Bring in the military. He says the military should help administer the program. This dude has completely lost the plot. All right. Now, what do you do? What do you do when you can't just lie to people because they're going to the grocery store? You see, they've tried putting out story after story outright saying the economy is doing well. Please don't believe the lies. And then people believe it. And they say, I read in the paper today that the economy is doing great. Then they went to the grocery store and they're like, there's no chicken. There's no beef. And the prices are 20% higher. So what do they do? You gotta love it from the intercept. November 10th, inflation is good for you. Don't panic over milk prices. Inflation is bad for the 1%, but helps out almost everyone else. This is evil. It's so insanely evil. I don't even know what to say. John Schwartz at The Intercept is an evil man. I know what, it, what inflation means for the 1%, my friends. I know what it means when I have personally hard assets and the value has skyrocketed, but food is getting more expensive and you can't buy it. These people are disgustingly evil. And this is what really, really infuriates me. That when people are beaten down and lied to and manipulated, you get scumbags like this to come out and tell you this. Let me make it very simple for you. I own property. My property value has only gone up. But for somebody who's working paycheck to paycheck, who's making 12 bucks an hour, they're not getting wage increases. But the cost of food is going up more than, than, than they're getting in, in raises if they get one. You live paycheck to paycheck. You can barely afford your rent. You can barely afford your health care. Meanwhile, the top 1% are holding on to hard assets that are accruing in value. Inflation is not bad for them. They simply say, I've got millions of, of hard liquid U.S. dollars. What do I do with it? They'll buy a painting. They'll buy a car. They'll buy property. I've got wealthy people. They, they say to me, you know, what, you know what they're doing? They're taking their Teslas. And they're and, and they're, they, they bought them a few months ago. They're selling them now and buying again because they don't live. The one percent doesn't live the way regular working class Americans do. Inflation is gutting them. It is destroying their savings. It is beating them down. And what we need is populism, not left or right, not one or the other either. I don't care what we need is a movement for the people. Wealthy people are ripping you off, not just plainly the rich, 
It is the establishment elites that are printing money, setting ridiculous policies. They're shutting down uh, American energy independence. And here's what happens. You're making 12, 15 bucks an hour. Maybe you're working at a Starbucks or a mall uh, uh, food restaurant, and you're not getting a raise. The prices are going up. Here's what happens. You go to your boss and you say, look, man, I got kids. The cost of cereal went up 20%. General Mills announced that. I need a raise. And the guy says, I can't give you a 20% raise, dude. Look, we can give you maybe a dollar an hour on top of your 15 bucks. We'll put you to 16. But we're going to have to raise prices because the cost of chicken has gone up. The cost of beef has gone up. But beef is through the roof. All of this is getting more expensive. And it's already hard enough on us to raise our prices because it's affecting everyone else. Inflation is not bad for the one. I mean, inflation is bad for everybody. But the 1% can snap their fingers and find an out. More importantly, I will tell you this. One percenters, wealthy elites have investments that accrue greater than one percent. They buy cryptocurrencies. They're through the roof. They buy stocks and they're doing all right. But you, as a regular working class person, have to bear the brunt of the rising prices and the intercept seeking to to aid the Democratic establishment and the neocons and the neolibs will lie and spit in your face with despicable trash like this. The top story in the New York Times website this morning is about inflation, and it's scary. The Washington Post, like with a similar alarm, television, which follows the lead of the Times as sure, uh, and the Post as surely as death follows life, will now produce many more peculiar segments. Whenever the corporate media moves en masse, blah, blah, blah. What's happening is this. The inflation freakout is about class conflict. In fact, it may be the fundamental class conflict that between creditors and debtors, a fight that's been going on since the foundation of the United States. That's because inflation is often good for most of us, but it's terrible for the kinds of people who own corporate news outlets or, say, founded coal firms. And a panic about inflation usually creates the conditions to weaken the power for, of working people. Today's stories were generated by the release of inflation numbers for October, yada, yada, yada. You'll notice that both the Times and the Post, we get it. So why is infl- inflation seize the imagination of the corporate press? It's simple. First, inflation lessens the real value of debt. In 2020, American households had around 14.5 trillion. Now, this is true, but this is good for rich people, not poor people. So let me explain. If it, I'll overly simplify everything to try and help you understand. Many of you probably already understand. I'm saying this specifically people people who don't know basic economics. And I'm not saying that disparagingly. I'm saying maybe you don't you know follow the stuff. Let's say for every hour you work, you earn one apple. That means your one hour is the equivalent of one apple. Inflation means that the next time you go into work, one hour will not get you an apple. You'll have to work two hours to get that one apple. That's inflation. Now, if I owe you an apple, I can now say I have to work for one hour. But I'm probably making things too complicated. To put it simply, if the value of the dollar goes down due to inflation, that means your debt is worth less as well. And if you are getting a raise because of inflation, that means your debt is being lessened. But that's not a problem for the wealthy elites. They revel in it. They exploit it. If you are someone like Donald Trump and your liabilities are about $500 million and your assets are like $2.7 billion, your assets will go up and your liabilities will stay the same. Your debt doesn't increase just because the economy does bad, but the value of your hard assets does. So let's put it this way. 
A wealthy person buys a home for $200,000. They take out a mortgage. They borrow 200 grand from the bank. They then sit back and say, please, 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 inflation. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Then what happens is the house is now worth 300000 but they still only owe 200000 Then along comes the poor schmuck, a working class Joe who's trying to get out of a renter situation in poverty, wants to buy his first house. He's been trying to save up to buy that house, and it's very difficult living a paycheck to paycheck. But now the value of the house is 300000 That's inflation. So what does he do? I guess I have to take out a loan. He takes out a loan from the bank to buy that $300,000 house, and the wealthy person pays off their $200,000 loan, puts the hundred grand in their pocket, and doesn't think twice. Rich people are not affected by price increases this way. This is such scumbaggery, man. There are people who are going to go out right now and say, I can't buy milk. And all of the rich people are going to be like, oh, I don't, I don't care. The price increase on milk to someone in the 1% is completely out of sight, out of mind. And I'll tell you this, and I mean this um, not to be a braggart. I mean it to tell you from experience. When I go to the grocery store, I can't tell you how much a gallon of milk costs. I do not look at that price and check my budget. We go in, we buy supplies for the office. I buy food for myself. And I'll tell you what happens at the end. I go to the checkout line. and I'm like, wow, everything's more expensive. But I don't know the cost of a single gallon of milk. Not off the top of my head. Maybe many of you don't. But I'm trying to tell you, man, I've been working in this industry for a long time. I have been rather successful. And I, I will tell you, same as Steve Bannon will, the rich people are screwing you over and ripping you off. Not every single rich person is. There are certainly people who will tell you they're ripping you off and the policies of the Democrats and the elites are doing so. And they'll lie to you and they will tell you inflation is good for you. But when your savings are gone, because I'll tell you this, if your debt goes down because the value of the dollar is going down, that means your saving goes along, along with it. And if you don't have a million bucks in cash to invest in a large swath of property, which will go up in value, you are losing the value of your hard earned savings. The New York Times will at least come out and say it. COVID malaise. Why do Americans say the economy is in rough shape? Because it is. And at least we'll get that from the New York Times. Real clear politics shows us what's up. President Biden job approval on the economy. 38.5% in the aggregate. 55.8% disapproval. Underwater by over 17 points. The people who believe the economy is doing well or approve of it. These are zealots. They're zealots or they're hit on the take. Now, I don't know, man. I don't know uh, if the Republicans will do anything for you. you can, we can sit here and claim it's going to be a red tsunami for Republicans. But will it really matter? Axios reports. McConnell, no legislative agenda for 2022 midterms. That's right. They're going to be running on Democrat bad. I, I can't take it. I think Mitch McConnell's awful. He's a just terrible job. Appointing uh, judges throughout the, the Trump administration, sure. But it's not enough. And I think for the most part, yeah, maybe good. You know, it's better than nothing. 
I'm not a big fan of how, the, how the, necessarily this, these judges will all be ruling completely, but if they're opposed to the establishment left and the cult ideology of wokeism, it's better than nothing. But what do we need? We need fierce, populist, independent individuals. We need free staters. You know what's going on in New Hampshire? Libertarians are running as Republicans and they're winning and they're, they're repealing these garbage laws, they're making the state better. They're making people more free. This is what we need. We need all of you to go out in the primary and tell people like McConnell, it's time to go home. It's time to re- retire. Nancy Pelosi's retiring. That's the rumor. We'll see if it happens. Mitch McConnell should absolutely do the same thing. Lindsey Graham should do the same thing. And I got to tell you, I don't care if it means the Democrats retain power because having Republicans who do nothing is almost as bad as having Democrats who want to burn the place to the ground. If it means that it'll take another two years to turn things around, then these, these Republicans should absolutely retire. New, new, new Republicans who are more independent, populist, and libertarian-minded should run in their stead. And even if they lose, we will be better off because the stat, doing nothing is, is, is almost as bad as what the Democrats want to do. They want to say, on the night of November 16th, McConnell met with donors, lobbyists, and a group of Republican senators at a private function. A donor asked a question that could only be answered by McConnell. According to a source in the room, the donor said something to the effect of, we all know what's wrong with the Democrats, but what are we going to do? What are we going to be running on to help us win? McConnell's response was something to the effect of, with all respect, that's not what we're doing, the source said. McConnell has long held the view that putting out an agenda ahead of midterm elections is a mistake, at least for Senate Republicans, sources told Axios. He believes his view has been vindicated by recent history. McConnell points in particular to when he led Republicans to win back the Senate in 2014 without proposing an agenda. Some donors and operatives point to a different memory, the contract with America. House Republicans released a governing action plan before the 1994 midterm elections, and their party won back unified control of Congress for the first time in nearly 50 years. The current House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, is a contract with America guy. Here's what we need. A promise to Americans. Regular working Americans, the little guy. The people who oppose the 1%. I don't care if you're Occupy Wall Street, Bernie Sanders, Trump, whatever. Stop. I got to tell these leftists, man, yo, you're being ripped off by the wealthy elites. You want to know as much about the Epstein trial as I do. You want to see Julian Assange freed. The neolibs are the ones screwing everything up and their allies, the neocons. Trump is an anti-establishment populist who was wreaking havoc for them. You don't got to like the guy. I will give you that one. I'm not I I am not a, a, a big Trump supporter, but I did support him in 2020 for the obvious reason. I'm not going to vote in the establishment Democrats again. And Donald Trump had some good policy positions. But you see, too many people were wrapped up in orange man bad. And Trump is a fascist, fascist. And for that, they handed the keys back to the establishment trash party that is going to burn this place to the ground and destroy your lives. We need a populist, unified effort. And I'll tell you this, if Julian Assange, Epstein and the economy, and namely number one, the economy can bring us together and we can support something. Yo, let's get it done. We all agree on that, right? I don't know, man. I don't see if that if that being something that could happen. Personally, there are too many on the left that want to see Democrats win. Leftists and the establishment. And I'll tell you this, I don't like the Republicans at all. But I would rather have them over nothing. And some people say, well, at least obstructing is better than than the, the, uh, than the Democrats. But I'm like, dude, Another two years of nothing getting done and then them handing the keys back to the Democrats to continue what's going on. I'm not here for that. 
but we'll see what happens. It's plain to see right now how things are going in the economy. It's time for people to wake up. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Come hang out live, and we will see you all there. Last night, the verdict came in, and Jussie Smollett was found guilty on five counts of disorderly conduct, a class four felony for lying to the police. On the sixth count, he was found not guilty, but this means he could potentially face 15 years in prison. Not likely going to happen. Speculation is maybe he'll get probation, but some experts are saying because he lied on the stand, well, he might actually get more time. Now, it's not that they're going to charge him with perjury or anything like that. Maybe. I really doubt it. It's that he basically lied and the judge is sitting there being like, dude, you're lying right now in my courtroom. You have no remorse for what you did. And you know what? You need to have some jail time. Typically, when you're in court, they say that if you own up to what you did, then they assume that there's some remorse. And thus, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You're less likely to commit the same crime again. And so you need less time behind bars. I think the whole system is broken and makes absolutely no sense. And we call that thing either the trial tax or the jury tax, because the inverse is if you are innocent and you demand your chance to prove your innocence, they say he clearly hasn't learned his lesson. So innocent until proven guilty. I don't think we should hold it against someone because they want to defend themselves. However, Jesse Smollett, like most people would say reasonably, he lied on the stand. So it comes as no surprise to me that Black Lives Matter, the organization, is standing by Jesse Smollett both before the trial, before the verdict, and now after it. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Jesse Smollett has been found guilty by a jury of his peers after three years, and Black Lives Matter is still like, we don't care. It's funny. You know, this is the kind of thing y'all need to, hey, hey, I got it. Share this with your friends and family. Take the URL, post this everywhere you can. This right here is what people need to see. Because I see people saying things like, how could you possibly hold the political opinions you have unless you're a conservative or something like that? As if anyone who calls out the lies of the cult has to believe in like pro-life or, you know, uh, you know, traditional conservative values and small government, free market, whatever it is that make up the, the, the typical stereotype of conservative. You can actually believe in small government and be on the left. How about that? You can be on the left or the right or the center and believe in reality. And reality is simple. When someone commits a crime and attempts to deceive us, to steal from us, to, to ruin things, we hold them accountable. In my personal opinion, I don't believe justice will be served by sending Juicy Smoulier into prison because I think the prison system is overwhelmingly broken and corrupt, especially private prisons. Hey, that's not conservative, is it? I don't know. Nothing seems to make sense these days. But I'll tell you what bothers me. Black Lives Matter would have Jussie Smollett unpunished, free to go, under the presumption that he's purely innocent. Why? Because he's been a vocal voice in support of black lives. And that's it. Well, look, I don't care what your race is. I don't care what your ideology is. I don't care if you believe in freedom, inalienable rights, want to defend civil rights. If you commit some crime against the people and it is found to be beyond a reasonable doubt, well, then there's got to be some kind of rehabilitation, restitution or, or something to that effect. That is to say, I think we should abolish all the prisons, just get rid of all of them. 
But that doesn't mean release all the prisoners. And that doesn't mean have no judicial system or rehabilitation system. It just means I think the current version of it doesn't make sense. We send young people into jail or prison and they come out hardened criminals. It's not solving anything. Sending people to prison typically does not solve the problem other than to say, you're a bad guy. You screwed with us. We're going to lock you up so you can't do it again. Now that I get, I just don't like it. I don't think it's going to solve anything. And I think it's a short term solution that creates long term problems. We do need to incarcerate people. I'm just saying right now, the current version of our prison system is completely broken. So if I were to say something like abolish prisons, I personally, I don't know what, that, what, what they're saying. I mean, they, I think the left wants to just release everybody. My attitude is more so like, yeah, we should reform the prison system slowly over time, not release violent offenders, and then figure out a better way of doing things. But I like to be a little bit hyperbolic because I know that it triggers people. Take a look at this from TMZ. BLM standing by Jussie Smollett even after guilty verdict. They say, the jury didn't buy just Smollett's claim he was the victim of a racist homophobic attack, but the leaders of Black Lives Matter certainly do, and the org is sticking by the actor. Black Lives Matter and BLM LA released a statement both before the verdict in support of the Empire actor saying, so let's be clear, we love everybody in our community. We can never believe police, especially the CPD, over Jesse Smollett, a black man who has been courageously present, visible, and vocal in the struggle for black freedom. Now, after Jesse's been found guilty, BLM LA leader Melina Abdullah tells us that stance hasn't changed. Jesse has their full support. Abdullah says the organization refuses to abandon its people and stands on the principles the justice system is corrupt. Well, I actually think we have one of the best justice systems in the world, and that's coming from someone who's experienced um, the justice system in the United States and is not a fan. You know, I've had cops screw with me. I'd have cops try to plant drugs on me. I've had cops give me fake tickets on more than one occasion. Hey, here's a story. I was driving to work at about 3 a.m. when I see tail light, I see headlights on the tail of my car dangerously close. I'm talking like almost hitting my car. And so I drive like this for a little while. It's pitch black outside. And then I'm like, okay, this guy's going to hit me. I'm going to move over to the other lane and then slow down. So I have to create distance between the six inch gap between my car and I'm going the speed limit. Now I'm going a few miles over the speed limit as I speed up a little bit and then turn my right signal on and merge to the right. And the car follows. And I'm like, what is this guy doing? Like he's going to hit me. What if I got to slam the brakes on? And the lights turn on. And I'm like, oh, and I get pulled over and the cop walks up to my car and starts laughing. You got a cop on your tail. Don't start speeding, buddy. And I said, you were nearly hitting me. I had no choice. If I slam my brakes on you to give me a ticket for that. And his, his response was, yeah, well, too bad. Yeah, I'm not a fan. And, and we all have stories like this. But just because something like that happens doesn't mean it's so, we, we would be so stupid to say, well, regardless of that, Jesse Smollett's a good person. No, they're both bad people. The cop who screwed with me is a bad person. And Jesse Smollett is a bad person. Two things can be true at the same time. I'm not going to blindly support Jesse Smollett and his criminal BS simply because I've had bad experience with police or I think we need to reform these institutions. Because then you just get evil. Look at this. You may have seen this one. Statement regarding the ongoing trial of Jesse Smollett. This is Dr. Melina Abdullah, the same woman. She, an official statement from BlackLivesMatter.com. Now, if you don't agree with me and you believe that the enemy of my enemy is my friend and therefore should be absolved of any wrongdoing, then we don't agree on that one. I don't. You know, I think Steve Bannon said that to me. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Maybe, maybe. I don't want to put words in his mouth. Maybe it was somebody else. I don't buy it. I'm not. A, no. 
The enemy of my enemy, we may have a united front in a conflict, but no, you're not my friend. Okay, just because I may have issues with police doesn't mean I would ever support Jussie Smollett lying and trying to manipulate the public and besmirching people with his ridiculous and stupid story. No, I believe in principle. Sometimes it's hard to figure out where the line is on certain issues. Like abortion, for instance, is very difficult. A lot of people think it's cut and dry. It's not. I'm not a fan of government having the right to to check our medical histories and weigh in on these things. And I'm also not a fan of abortion. But this leads me to being pro-choice reluctantly and in a difficult moral position that I don't really have the answers for other than every time I get up against that wall where it's like, okay, here's the barrier. Do you want the government to be able to have some of I'm like, I just can't do it. Not a fan of the government. Government sucks. Mostly. I know Siraj, he got mad at me on Twitter because I said mostly and he threatens to put me on the list. And I'm like, dude, I'm not an anarchist. I recognize the government does some things that are okay. But for the most part, it sucks. I mean, especially modern government today. Now, this may come as some surprise or no surprise, depending on what you think about Mr. Don Lemon. But Don Lemon throws his old pal, Justice Smollett, to the wolves by branding him a liar as his legal expert calls for Starr to be jailed. But CNN host still doesn't mention claim he meddled with police investigation to help Starr. Well, you know what? In the trial, we heard Justice Millett say that Don Lemon texted him privy to information, basically saying the cops don't buy your story, effectively helping him out to a certain degree. And I think that's a, vi- as a conflict of interest for Don Lemon to be on TV than reporting on it. Don Lemon's not brought it up. And for that, I think he should be um, maybe fired. I don't want to act like it's the, as, as bad as what Chris Cuomo did, but it's pretty bad. So maybe some kind of reprimand or something like that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it to Jesse Smollett. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, not, not Jesse Smollett. Sorry, Don Lemon over the Jesse Smollett issue and say, I'll take this one. I will take this one. Look, look at this story from Fox. MSNBC primetime hosts completely avoid disgraced actors conviction. Yeah, they didn't even want to talk about it. At least Don Lemon is coming on saying, nah, dude lied. Lock him up. He made it harder for, you know, other victims of hate crime. And yeah, we get it. I really do hate that line. When people lie about these things, they make it harder for it. Yeah, we get it. How about when you lie, you screw with us, every single person. You are trying to exploit our goodwill. We, good people, take your claims and say, we are going to allocate resources because we care about you. And then it turns out you spat in our faces. So yeah, I'm just generally mad about that. But Don Lemon, willing to come out and say to, to Justice Millett, you're a liar, and have a guy on saying you deserve jail, hey, that's a good thing. I'm seeing people be like, you know, he's throwing him under the bus. And I'm like, uh, or he's just saying the truth. Look, a broken clock is right twice a day, I suppose. But I'm not going to complain. I'm not going to I'm not going to look at the, the timekeeper guy and be like, look, when you get it I'm, 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 and tell him, you know, I'm, when you get it right, we're still mad. At you. I'm gonna be like, look, look, you got it right. This is the good thing. OK, please do more of this. Hey, Don Lemon, I don't see eye to eye. I'm not a fan of you. I'm not sure he even cares who I am, to be completely honest. But I'll tell you this. I appreciate and respect that you're calling out a dude who lied. You guys are friends or acquaintances. You got every reason to either say, I'm not going to cover this at all. But coming out and being like, nah, dude lied. Jail. Thank you, sir. Sarah Silverman came out. She said the media is lying about horse dewormer. I'm like, thank you, Miss Silverman. She came out. She said the media, Joy Reid was lying about Ron DeSantis's Gestapo. She said the truth matters. And I'm, thank you very much. I, w- I will not disparage somebody who's doing the right thing. 
Just because I believe in, to a certain degree, depending on the person, forgiveness. If Jesse Smollett came out right afterwards and says, you got me, man. I shouldn't have done this. It was wrong. And now, you know, there's a real risk to destroying my career. And I, I just thought it was going to help me out, but it was something stupid that people shouldn't do. I'd be like, Jesse, I forgive you. I forgive you, Jesse. I would say that if he owned up to what he did, but he didn't. So he doesn't deserve my forgiveness nor my respect. But I'll throw it, I'll throw it back to Joey Salads. Remember, you, you guys know Joey. We've had him on the show a few times. I consider him a friend. Um, not like we hang out all that often, but you know, Joey's a friend. And he's a guy who also staged a racist hoax. He made a YouTube video where he put a, a car in a parking lot and put Trump signs in it and then said, I wonder what's going to happen. And then filmed a bunch of black dudes smashing that vehicle up. One of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And I will tell you this. I don't see a difference between what Joey and Jesse did. I mean, Joey didn't claim to be a victim, but he made it seem like people in, in, in this black neighborhood were going to destroy a car simply because there was Trump stuff in it. That was completely despicable. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But Joey owned up to it. He got caught. And when he got caught, he didn't say, it's not true. He was like, man, I got carried away with it. Joey's talked about it time and time again, saying he didn't realize how far gone he had become making these videos, just thinking, you know, not, not even thinking about it. He was just chasing the, the, the views and chasing the money. And he just completely owned up to it. And I'm like, you know what, man? Coming out and laying all that out on the table, explaining I was making money, dude. I was getting subscribers. I was caught up in it. And it was dumb. And, it, and I got caught and it was inevitable and all that stuff. And people say the only reason he's apologizing is because he's desperate for redemption. And I'm like, good, 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 good. Because if you don't give people a chance to redeem themselves, they go the other way. If someone like Jesse or Joey are walking towards the darkness and people scream at them, how dare you? What are you doing? Here's what happens. Joey salads for all of the awful things he did. He turned around and said, I don't want to be this. I don't want you to feel that way about me. I don't want to be that guy, please. And a lot of people still said, no, initially I did. And then I was like, no, 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 dude, 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 come away from the darkness, man. Forgiveness awaits. If you do the right thing, you are welcome, welcome back into the good graces. We've had him on the show. I've done interviews with him. He's done interviews with me. Good. Give people the chance to say deep down inside, I don't want to be that way. I don't want you to think of me that way. And I'm like, that works for me, man. Even if it's, you know, business incentives for whatever the reason, if we can make you stop doing bad things, let's accept it. And that's how you get you know, some form of rehabilitation at the very least. Jesse Smollett, what does he do? He went to the darkness. And then after he got caught and people said, yo, what did you do? He said, I didn't do anything. And we're like, bro, we can see you walking to the darkness. I says, no, I'm not. No, I, you're lying. I refuse. And those lies, every, every garbage statement, every lie on the stand, whatever, allegedly, is him walking further towards the darkness. And I'd be more than happy to say to him, bro, if you come out right now and said, I was caught up in it, I was looking at the dollar signs, 
it was a, it, to me, it seemed like a good PR stunt. And I thought I'd make money. I'd be like, all right, man, I genuinely would accept that. I, I'll stress that point. Joey Salads had like Trump stickers in the car. It was an inversion. Not the exact same thing, but very similar. Having black guys smash up a car, it's, it's beyond disgusting. Joey owned up to it. And it's simple. I was thinking about some of these people who, you know, uh, change their opinions on social media, who will be doing something that all of a sudden, I don't want to call anybody out specifically because I don't want to drag anybody. But there are people who might be like embracing a certain kind of political ideology. And then all of a sudden you see them start saying, you know what, I don't want to be involved in this. And they change their opinions. And some people would say you're grifting. Well, the way I see it is maybe people just don't want to be seen that way. There's genuinely something in them that's like, that's not who I am. That's not what I want to be. I got caught up in it. And they change their opinions. Maybe it's fake. Maybe it's just fear, whatever. But my, my, ultimately, my point is, Jussie Smollett is a bad dude. Don Lemon. There are certain people I would never give forgiveness to, but Don Lemon doing the right thing here and calling out Jussie Smollett, overwhelmingly a good thing. And I respect it. And then again, he, he has a, a, a guest on, Lennon's guest. Joey Jackson said he believes Smollett may, may well be sentenced to prison for his lies. Yeah. I think even uh, CNN mentions this. They have uh, this story. They mentioned that uh, his defense team is going to appeal the verdict. Jurors deliberated. Smollett man- maintained his innocence on the stand. Smollett told police, yada, yada. They say, CNN legal analyst and criminal defense attorney Joey Jackson said the judge could give Smollett probation, yet Smollett exposed himself to jail time when he testified in court. Quote, when you testify in a case, the judge now gets a sense of what you said. What Jussie Smollett said was resoundingly rejected by that jury. The jury did not buy what he was selling. That's not lost upon the judge. You came into a courtroom and fabricated. Jackson told Don Lemon on Thursday that he believes Smollett will face time in prison because he doubled down on the lie during testimony, required police to use resources during their investigation, and because the hoax itself could undermine victims of hate crimes. Quote, there are people legitimately who are the victims of hate crimes. And how do you diminish them by coming up with something that's, that's a farce, that's troubling? You have to punish that. When you're really on trial for telling a lie and you compound that by actually lying, it makes a judge who sits in judgment of you when you're sentenced really troubled. He said of Smollett. Defense says they will appeal. The lawsuit against Justice Millett is currently ongoing. Now, look, it may be that Don Lemon is calling out Justice Millett because of the implications of him texting him. And he's worried now that they're going to be like, dude, you were, you know, it's a conflict of interest. That's unethical what you did. And you should be reprimanded. So now he's getting ahead of it by being like, you're a liar, Jesse, and all this stuff. And I'm like, look, maybe, sure. I can't read people's minds. So I can only go off of what they're doing and what it will lead to. Justice Millett coming out and just calling, uh, I keep mixing them up, Don Lemon coming out and calling out Justice Millett. There are going to be people who see that, that will reflect upon who, this, who these people are. What I see here is there may be many people who see Don Lemon, who is a friend of Jesse saying this, and they're going to be like, yeah, okay. Because look at Black Lives Matter. They're willing to allow a guilty person to go free simply because of his political ideology. That is the mark of authoritarianism. Blackstone's formulation, it is better that 10 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. Benjamin Franklin said it is better that 100 guilty persons escape than one innocent person suffer. And then it was Otto von Bismarck who said it is better that 10 innocent people suffer than one guilty person escape. 
because his 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 ideology was rooted not in what was true and just, but in what granted him power and authority, meaning he would make sure innocent people suffer to make sure he gets that one guilty person. And that's how I feel about Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter says we don't trust the cops. We would condemn the entirety of the institution and all of them and allow the guilty to go free. And that is beyond Bismarck's comments, beyond authoritarianism. Imagine that. Imagine, you know, uh, we live in a world that is our country that is originally rooted on these ideas that of Blackstone and Benjamin Franklin and the idea is such that if a government is willing to condemn the innocent in the pursuit of retribution, then people will lose faith in that government out of fear that at any moment they could be punished, incarcerated or destroyed, killed simply because the machine wants you out of the way or is seeking something else. And that happens a lot. People getting caught up and arrested and falsely charged. It happens. And it's terrifying. That's why I always say innocent until proven guilty. That's why I think we do need some kind of bail reform. If the state does not have the time nor energy to properly give someone a bail hearing, then the person should be released, period. The state has the burden, not us. Of course, I think the current iteration of bail reform is not working too well. And this is the problem I have with with much of what the left does. They're like, here's an idea, abolish the prisons. And I'm like, okay, I, I, there's something there. Reform them, restructure the system. And then they're just like, nah, let everybody out. And I'm like, yo, you're making it harder to advocate for these things because you're doing the stupidest version of it. Bail reform, we'll just keep letting out repeat offenders. And I'm like, no, that's not what you do. Yeah, these are the problems we face in this current version of everything we have. And so then you'll get these, you know, low tier midwits who are like, if you voted for Donald Trump, you're a conservative. And it's like, dude, there are a lot of reasons to vote for Donald Trump for someone who is not a conservative. And one of the issues is that y'all are supporting the neoliberal establishment and them burning everything to the ground. Donald Trump, at the very least, was like, secure our borders and bring the factories back. I'm like, you know, out of everything Bernie Sanders pitched in 2015, at least that's some of it. Joe Biden's policy is loot the country and sell it off to China. But these people don't care. They don't pay attention to politics. So sometimes you got to take what you can get. And that means a Donald Trump for all of his faults. But Trump had some good policies. I'm not going to lie. His second uh, second term agenda was pretty dang good. School reform was huge. Getting out of Afghanistan was huge. Biden screwed that up. Don't put the establishment back in power. Anyway, we got to pay attention to the stuff. Why am I critical of the far left and the Democratic establishment? They literally defended Jesse Smollett when most of us reasonable people saw that he was lying. He's now been convicted and Black Lives Matter still defends the guy because it's a cult. They want power and boy, I hope they never get it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. The George Floyd riots will go down in history as some of the worst riots we have ever seen in this country. It swept across the nation. And it was so bad that we're now learning in leaked text messages from Mayor Lori Lightfoot of Chicago. She said, quote, the city is up for grabs. Someone had asked her, scared young black people were were worried about where to go and what to do because the city was being ransacked or at least certain parts of it. And Lori Lightfoot said, you know, head north and go west. The city is up for grabs. Others complained the police weren't doing anything. I remember back when all this was going down, there was a local alderman. If you're not familiar with what an alderman is, some people aren't. Chicago has basically like neighborhood elected politicians. 
And so there's this guy, he's saying, you you lower the bridges, or I can't remember if they, I think they lowered the bridge. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They raised the bridges, blocking uh, all of these extremists and riders out and into the neighborhoods. Or it may have been they lowered the bridge. I can't remember which way it was. But I guess the city was trying to protect downtown and the financial district and areas like that in Chicago. And so they were basically just like, get everybody into the neighborhoods where people live. And this freaked them out. But we got more news, too. I want to go through the, the story from The Daily Wire about Mayor Lori Lightfoot saying this is up for grabs. But we got some interesting information. Andy No reporting for Newsweek. Prosecutors make first move to break up Antifa cell as 11 activists charged with violence. I love the smears against Andy No. They're like, he's far right and he's not a journalist. And I'm like, dude, rights for Newsweek. Spare me your stupid, whiny baby propaganda. This is not an opinion piece. It is a news article for Newsweek. Newsweek is not a right-wing publication. You can actually see even Dave Rubin provides opinion pieces. But let's take a look at what's going on with Lori Lightfoot. Daily Mail reports the text that Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who has been harshly criticized for her leadership as her city descends into further chaos, sent over more than two and a half years with city aldermen have been revealed. And in one text during the riots after the death of George Floyd, she bluntly stated the city is up for grabs. A new report from the Chicago Tribune details text messages Lightfoot had sent more uh, over more than two and a half years. The Tribune obtained more than two and a half years of Lightfoot's text messages with aldermen through a series of Freedom of Information Act requests, which her staff failed to comply with until the state attorney general admonished them and the Tribune threatened a lawsuit. The Tribune stated that on March 31st, 2020, Alderman Pat Dowell complained that police weren't doing a damn thing. And in fact, we're letting these folks loot in her ward. The police have to engage these lawless Fs. Woof, Dowell added. Alderman Rosana Rodriguez Sanchez informed Lightfoot that there were people downtown that were not looting, asking Lightfoot if the Chicago Transit Authority could start again so they could leave. Lightfoot responded that those people could go west to catch the blue line or go to the brown line north. The Tribune continues, quote, after Rodriguez Sanchez said she was getting messages from scared young black people who don't know where to go, Lightfoot responded, go west and then north, Rosanna. The city is up for grabs. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. The police stood down, let everyone loot. The mayor knew about it. And when good people were suffering, she said, well, Go west and north. The city is up for grabs. Amazing leadership. And you expect me to get behind these police departments? Look, I don't blame a lot of them for backing off within reason. And I'm not going to I'm not going to blame them now when, you know, especially during the riots, I was like, this is what people vote for. It's what they get. But it's not so much that police were standing down as it is that in many circumstances, police have outright refused to help people even when they've had good reason to actually help them. But it's tough. It is. Last July, University of Chicago student Audrey Unverfurth, whose classmate Max Lewis was killed as he was commuting home on the city subway system, ripped Lightfoot for claiming crime was declining after a violent weekend that saw more than 100 people shot and at least 18 killed. Lewis, 20, was commuting on the city's Green Line during rush hour on July 1st from his internship at an investment firm in downtown Chicago. The Sun-Times reported, while sitting inside the train, a bullet pierced the window and struck the back of his neck. At the 51st Street Washington Park Station, Fox News reported. After Lightfoot insisted that crime was on the decline, Unverfirth slammed around Fox News saying Lori Lightfoot had the nerve recently to say that crime in Chicago is on the decline. On the decline. That's a blatant lie. I don't have confidence in Lightfoot anymore. And you did? 
And this is what I was saying, right? I'm torn between being upset that police aren't protecting the good people and they're not uh, and the DAs aren't prosecuting the bad people and also being like, well, the police were demonized by people who voted for this and supported Lori Lightfoot. So that's why I'm, I'm you know, I'm, uh, you know, people say I guess, a fence sitter or whatever. But no, I think I have just a rather moderate position. You know, people want me to jump on one side or the other overtly, abolish the police or back the blue. And I'm like, it's not so simple. There are a lot of bad cops and Chicago is one of the worst examples of a police department. The city is just absolutely corrupt. And I, if I had to bet, I'd say 80% of the cops in Chicago were dirty. I know there's, there's probably some Chicago cops who are watching right now. They watch my show. Um, then I must not be talking about you. But I'll tell you this. A lot of Chicago cops are dirty. And I don't mean that 80% of cops in Chicago are in on the take or anything like that, although I wouldn't be surprised if a good if, if a majority was. I'm just saying that a good a good majority on 80% are not there to protect you. They're to uphold the system. The same is true for the NYPD and the LAPD. There are good cops because I know people who became cops and their idea was like, it seems like a good job to try and protect my neighbor because someone's got to do it, especially growing up on the South Side where you have people, you have crime, and then people in the neighborhood, like if I become a cop, I can protect my friends. The problem is a lot of cops become jaded by the system. And then eventually they learn, you know what? It's me or them and I choose me. And then what happens is you get bad cops. Now, I'll, I'll say that and also um, add, someone tried mugging me in Chicago. I've told the story before. And several cops actually saved me from a crime in progress. For that, I commend these officers who did. And I'll also add that I've had Chicago cops give me bunk tickets and try to ruin and destroy my life because they don't care at all. They don't care about what they do to people. They don't care about how they destroy lives. Michael Malice made a great point when he was on the Timcast IRL podcast saying that, he was on a, you know, hypothetically, a story he's you know, sort of fabricating. He was on a grand jury. And I, I think it's like he's changing the details of the story because it really happened. And he told these people that they were trying to return an indictment on a drug charge. And he said, do you really want to ruin this kid's life forever over this charge and indict him on this? And he convinced everyone to say no. And then the prosecutor was shocked to come back and find that they were not returning an indictment when they had evidence this person had committed some kind of drug violation. I agree with Michael in that capacity. Look, there are a lot of bad people. And if a cop can stop a crime in progress or stop rioting, that's what we need. If people are going around burning down buildings and smashing things, that's when we need cops to prove their worth. The problem, however, is that the people in this city voted for all of this. They vote for Lori Lightfoot. You get what you vote for. So am I going to blame the cops when they're like just doing what the people want? No, I'm just going to leave. Well, I can say there's at least one good thing coming uh, uh, as of recent. Andy No reports prosecutors make first move to break up anti-facel. Eleven activists charged with violence. All right, let's see if I can get this to. There we go. For the first time in, in the U.S., prosecutors are attempting to break up a network of alleged violent anti-facels. This week, the San Diego County District Attorney Office charged 11 alleged Antifa members with felony conspiracy and felony assault charges among other crimes, in a riot case where supporters of former President Donald Trump and random bystanders were beaten in Pacific Beach, California in January. Eight suspects were arraigned this week. They have all pleaded not guilty, of course. Eight suspects were issued search and arrest warrants last week in San Diego County and Los Angeles County. Police recovered three guns, ammunition, body armor, and drugs. The large operation to arrest the suspects involved mutual support from multiple law enforcement agencies in LA, Long Beach, and Escondido. The case is sending shockwaves through the far left 
networks in Southern California who have been raising funds for their comrades. He then goes on to list the names and ages, but for the interest of time, I'll you know move on. Quote, the defendants are alleged to be affiliated with Antifa and are organized into two groups, one originating from Los Angeles and the other from San Diego. Reads the charging document. Antifa is known to use force, fear, and violence to further their own interests and to suppress the interests of other. This tactic is referred to as direct action and is known to mean acts of violence such as assault, battery, assault with deadly weapons, arson, and vandalism. The alleged object of this conspiracy was to incite and participate in a riot using direct action tactics. On January 9th, around 100 Trump supporters gathered on the Pacific Beach Pier in San Diego to protest Trump's election loss. They were met with an equally sized group of masked people dressed in black uniforms and riot gear. They carried shields, banners, and signs displaying the Antifa logo. The complaints, allegations of assault causing bodily injuries by the suspects match what was captured on video at the time. Videos show bat-carrying Antifa members chasing fleeing participants of the Trump rally and pepper spraying them in the face before punching and kicking them. Bystanders on the beach were also victimized. One video captured a man walking his dog on the boardwalk being assaulted with pepper spray from a person in black next to an Antifa flag. Jeremy White was charged with animal cruelty over the incident. Police eventually declared an unlawful assembly after officers were hit with rocks, bottles and pepper spray by the rioters. San Diego police said in a statement last week, 16 people were victimized in eight separate attacks the riot. The San Diego DA's office released a press statement saying that the Antifa rioters also targeted minors and a journalist. Quote, the Antifa affiliated group surrounded several minors who they believed to be attending the Patriot March, sprayed them with mace and chased them up the boardwalk, shoving one of the minors to the ground. The minor was surrounded and beaten, resulting in the, uh, the minor victim being taken to the hospital to be treated for a concussion. John Kokoza, a 43-year-old local photographer who was there to cover the protest, says he was assaulted multiple times at the riot by people from the Antifa side. Police were standing 40 feet away and did nothing, Kokoza says. He suffered deep bruising on his back after a rider from the Antifa side hit him with a long wooden stick. That guy was aiming for my head. I saw him coming and I turned at the last moment. According to the criminal complaint, Antifa supporters had posted on social media calling for a counter for a counter direct action against the Trump rally days before. During the riots in 2020 and 2021 in West Coast cities like Portland, Seattle and L.A., violent direct actions by Antifa and leftist groups were announced and promoted on Twitter. The complaint alleges that nine out of the 10 suspects wore black clothing with the 10th suspect wearing black and a red flannel jacket that had pro Antifa patches. Black clothing and black masks are part of a tactic known as a black block and is used by Antifa groups to evade identification by journalists and law enforcement. The complaint details how the suspects worked in a coordinated fashion to blind victims with pepper spray before striking them with potentially deadly weapons, punches, kicks and projectiles. Eric Yock of San Marcos, California, is charged with felony conspiracy, felony assault by means likely to produce great bodily injury. Assault with a deadly weapon, assault with a stun gun or less lethal weapon, and multiple felonious use of tear gas charges. He is currently wanted on an arrest warrant, and his bail will be set at $250,000. Samuel Ogden, charged with felony conspiracy and assault, is from Touche, Washington. His social media is filled with posts about stopping fascism, and, on, and one of the groups he likes on Facebook is Antifa International. Alexander Ackridge Jacobs was arraigned on Thursday and is charged with felony conspiracy and two counts of assault with a deadly weapon. I mean, it goes on. He lists all of these people, and I think we get it. This has been a long time coming. 
at least it's happening. It's, uh, what I can say, the very least, at least it's happening. These people have long engaged in terrorism. And you know, it's funny. I, I didn't realize this until I, I was reading about the definition of the word terrorism and its etymology. The root of terrorism comes from the French Revolution, the Great Terror, staged by the Jacobins, the far left in France, who were going around beating and executing people to force them into submission to get their political way. The Great Terror. Not the kind of way, you know, um, I think we should live. I'm more about like enlightenment and um, liberty, freedom, anti-authoritarianism. It's amazing. There's an op-ed in NBC that says Ron DeSantis is embracing you know, uh, policies conducive to authoritarianism, such as resisting COVID vaccine mandates. That's right. Now it is being stated by the machine that telling people they're free to live their own lives is authoritarian. These people are evil, and it's a combination of overt and the banality of evil. When evil becomes commonplace is when you see the rise of the banality of evil. When Nazis just carry out their orders without thinking twice or caring about what they're doing, that's the banality of evil. It's just commonplace. It's happening all over. And that's what Antifa had become for some time. So I hope you pathetic cowards, you psychotic terrorists are terrified. So I I mentioned this in the previous segment. Shout out to Siraj Hajmi. He has the list. The list of people should have their phones taken away. And I tweeted, my, I put on Twitter, my politics are as follows. The government sucks, comma, mostly. Because I'm not an anarchist, but the government does mostly suck. And the reason I say mostly is there's still some good things that come out of government. And it wasn't specifically like our particular government now, like Congress. Siraj, I believe jokingly, threatened to put me on the list. Siraj. Uh, no, but I love the list. It's funny. Um, he didn't, I didn't get on it for that, but I think it's not, it's not an absurd statement. It's just, you know, funny to make the joke, to threaten me that it's like a wrong statement because we all definitely believe for the most part, the government is trash. I mean, I'm just ragging on cops, not protecting the city and Mayor Lori Lightfoot saying the city's up for grabs, but every so often you get a win. Every so often you'll get police actually doing something. And so on a whole, on the whole level, what we've seen with the lockdowns, that's really put me in the negative camp for police where I've been like, abolish them, fine. Because if these cops think that I'm going to sit by while they destroy the lives of people who uh, simply want to, I don't know, open a cafe. And look, we got this. I got this right here. Look at this. Albert Lee restaurant owner found guilty of violating state COVID mandate. And and we'll we'll all elaborate uh, in another segment. But you got police who arrested a woman because she opened a cafe. Is that what it is? A restaurant owner. And you think that I'm going to come out and be like, back to blue, baby. I'm going to be like, no, there's too many stories like this. There's too many stories of the police standing down and letting riders do whatever they want. There's too many stories of bad cops getting away with it. And it doesn't mean that every good cop should be you know, punished. It just means that at a certain point, when you have police brutality and you have video after video after video of all of this stuff, I can still say that out of 375 million police interactions, yo, there's bad things that happen. But we have to tolerate a margin of error and, and, we, and we hold them to account to the best of our abilities. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, a lot of people are saying like Kim Potter should be in prison. She's the woman who thought she was pulling a taser, but shot Dante Wright. But she was entitled to self-defense because the dude was wanted on a felony weapons charge and dove into his vehicle and was potentially grabbing something. I wish it didn't happen. And it's one of those things where you're like, man, how do you know? But the cop has an obligation to die. And so it's tough. It's not, it's not easy to figure out how we solve these problems. But look, when I see those stories and I can say, I think we need police. I think police typically do a good job acting as some kind of arbiter within, uh, between conflict can be a good thing. The problem then is when I say, yes, we want to get rid of the bad cops. Yes, cops should be held accountable. All of that stuff I agree with, but don't abolish the police. And then what happens? Cops start going around arresting small business owners and middle class workers and threatening them and laughing about it. And I'm just like, all right, at this point, wash it all out. Get rid of all of it. If the police won't come out and some have. But if overwhelmingly they just keep on playing this dirty game, then I'm not going to defend an institution that refuses to defend constitutional rights. And there's some there's some things to be said about, you know, gun rights and things like that. I believe that police across the country should refuse to enforce gun laws. I believe they should refuse to enforce gun laws. I don't think people should be breaking the law. And there's challenges when the law when the law is violating our constitution, but we have a court remedy process for this. And that means people who have been charged with gun crimes, you gotta take it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court needs to issue rulings on this. There should be some rulings coming up next year, which would be very fascinating. But the police who are gleefully arresting people for exercising their constitutional rights, now you're crossing a line. Look, the Second Amendment doesn't say the right to keep and bear the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, unless There are limits, though. There are limits. And the limits are when you overtly violate someone's rights. So the First Amendment, the right to religion, the right to speech, uh, freedom of the press, rageous of grievances, and I'm missing one, aren't aren't I? Whatever. You get the point. Let's say you have the freedom of speech, and then you decide you're going to um, articulate and advocate for extreme violence, directing people on what to do and how to do it. Well, That's the threshold for us. There are some questions as to whether or not the words themselves should be crimes, but we've all kind of agreed like, yo, you're directing people to attack and you're you're organizing and leading an effort. Let's take a look at the Second Amendment. Clearly, if you brandish a gun at someone without legal, um, without any, any, you know, not in self-defense, just as a threat, that's the same line. You are issuing a direct threat against someone, putting someone in fear for their life. Yeah, I believe that should also be also be a crime. Now, if someone is threatening you and you raise your weapon, well, there you go. Defense. Let's say you want to keep a fully automatic suppressed rifle of sorts. Where in the Second Amendment does it say the right to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed except when new technology emerges? No, 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 no. They knew about new technology. They knew about new weapons. They knew about the emergence of new weapons. They'd seen it. They'd seen the development of new guns in their time. They knew this. So to come out and be like, we've arbitrarily decided some arms you can't have. No, that's wrong. Completely wrong. 
So I ask, where are the good cops who are going to be like, I'm not playing that game. You will not be arrested for bearing arms. I've seen these videos. There's a video of a black dude walking down the street with a rifle. He gets surrounded by cops and they all draw their guns and tell him to get on the ground. And I'm like, the hell do these cops think they are stopping a law abiding citizen who's legally lawfully carrying a weapon and then force him to the ground? There's other videos where white dudes do the same thing. And the cops walk up and stop them and say, I just want to check to make sure the weapon is not fully automatic. And then they say, "Okay." And the cop says, thanks for what you're doing. We appreciate it. You should come to our meetings. We could really use your support. And that is still bad. Now, I I do believe that their racism will play play a role in a lot of these things. I don't necessarily want to say that two separate incidences, which are unique incidences, uh, incidents, sorry, are uh, indicative of overt racism. But I certainly think racism does play a role in some of them. But the idea that the police would stop and inspect anyone's weapon is still a violation of the Second Amendment, in my opinion. And I believe that, you know, it's, it's these videos, these guys get stopped, they should sue and say, for what le- on what legal grounds did they have the right to stop, detain me and inspect a weapon I am legally allowed to carry? Now, I, I guess to be reasonable, police do have an, uh, a right to stop someone and ask them questions for a temporary period if there's probable cause. But I do not believe that holding a gun is probable, co- should grant you probable cause. And that being said, I don't know where we go from here. I know people in cities will keep voting for these politicians and the cops are going to say, you get what you deserve. You get what you vote for. And I can't disagree with them. All I can really say is, look, I moved out of those places. I don't like how the institutions are run with the police and I can't blame the police for giving the people what they want. In which case, I'm out. Look at New York. They complain about police brutality, but they vote for the same people over and over and over again. You get what you vote for. It's good to see law enforcement going after Antifa, though. We'll see how that plays out. Excellent reporting from Andy No. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply